For those of you who know you need to hire cleaning employees, this podcast is for you. In this podcast, maid service and hiring expert Pam Washington tells you why your excuses about not finding good hires or that you can't charge enough money to hire cleaners is a lie that you are telling yourself. Her easy to implement hiring system that will save you time and money, why you shouldn't be hiring for skill and what you should be hiring for instead, and all the details you need to know from how to write a compelling job ad to how to screen applicants. Hello everyone, Pam Washington here from Build My Cleaning Business. I am super excited to be here with you all today. And I have a sort of a, uh, well, I have a presentation, but it's kind of a, some of it is like this, and then some of it's going to be with some slides. So uh, I'll tell you when we're going to switch over. Uh, first thing I want to let you know, though, is I just want to kind of review over, over uh, what we're doing. Uh, so today's talk is going to be, I'm going to give you a process for hiring. And my goal with this process is to allow you to grow your business, to scale your business, and to once again enjoy your cleaning service business. So I have done commercial cleaning and residential cleaning for the last 26 years. I have coached people who hire employees and some people who hire independent contractors. For the purposes of today's presentation, my comments are going to be strictly related to residential hiring only and specifically for employees. So what that means is this, this system that I'm going to describe to you, there are other versions of it that can be used for commercial hiring or for hiring of contractors, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. Today's presentation is very specifically only for hiring a residential employee. So I wanted to kind of start with that just as the, um, as the general understanding. Uh, and then I have a couple of assumptions that I want us to all agree to. So assumption number one, before I get started with my actual material, is that I'm going to assume, if you're, if you're watching this presentation, that you are already committed to hiring. I'm not going to go into a, a discussion today in this presentation about whether you should hire or whether you should not hire. Uh, this is, is assuming that you've already made the decision that you know, you doing all the cleaning is not the way you're going to run your business. And you've already decided that, yes, you're on board with hiring. And the other assumption is that you've specifically already decided that you're going to hire employees. So today we're not going to talk about the differences between employees and contractors, the pluses, the minuses, how to differentiate them. The assumption, again, is that you've already committed to hiring people and specifically that you've already decided that they're going to be employees. So now that we've made that assumption, of course, you know, the next step is that we need to find the most efficient and the most effective way to do that. So I have been a cleaning business owner for 26 years and counting. I still own my business, although I run it uh, remotely. I'm traveling all over the world right now. But I spent the first decade, the first 10 years after I started my cleaning service business, I spent almost 10 years kind of flailing around with this hiring thing, struggling with it, not being able to figure it out, you know, failing at it, being frustrated with it. And I, and I kept kind of saying to myself, you know, if I could just get this figured out, then all the rest of it would be a, a piece of cake. So it took me a long time. And part of the only reason I think why I ever really got this fixed is that my sister just happens to have a PhD from Cornell which is the top 
uh, human resource college um, in the country. Uh, and so she sort of helped me with this. So, so I put this together more than 15 years ago. Uh, I've been using it ever since. I have taught it to hundreds of cleaning business owners all across the country, and, and they are using it with a great deal of success, so it absolutely works. Here's the thing. I hear people saying, I can't charge enough to hire workers to, to clean in my business. Nobody wants to work. People won't do it as well as I, as the, as the owner of the business, will do. And I'm going to be really blunt here. Please don't hate me. But to me, all of those things are kind of a cop out. What that tells me what we really have is a leadership issue because you can charge enough money to, to hire good, solid workers. Um, if you're not comfortable with that, you know, that's, that's a whole other issue. But, but literally, I know hundreds of people who are doing it all across the country. So that's not true. It's also not true that nobody wants to work anymore, that people don't have a good work ethic, that there's no good employees out there. That's absolutely not true. And worrying about the fact that people won't do it as well as you will, again, does it need to be perfect? You know, are your clients really willing to pay for 100% of perfection? Probably not. So 95% is good enough. And, and what I found is that when people give me some of these other rationales, really that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a user issue, okay? So, so I wanna just sort of clarify that right up front. And there are a couple of other things that I wanna ask you to please try not to do as you're watching this presentation. Please don't sabotage your ability to be successful by saying, I already know this, this is too difficult, it won't work in my area. None of those things are true. Uh, I want you to really open up your mind, set aside all of these um, assumptions and rationale that have stopped you in the past from being able to successfully recruit and hire, and really open your mind up because I promise you that this is a proven system that will work. Assumption number two, I'm gonna assume that anybody on this call is ready and willing to implement a system. Systems, as those of you that know me that have worked with me, I'm all about systems. So I want you to think of system as an acronym, S-Y-S-T-E-M. Systems save you stress, time, energy, and money. So a system isn't any big, fancy, complicated thing. It's basically just a repeatable process that can be shared and that can be delegated and that provides predictable results, okay? So that's kind of my pre-presentation uh, uh, tips. And now I'm gonna go into some preparatory steps that I have for you, and then we're gonna jump right into the action steps, okay? So preparatory step number one, and this is really critical, guys. I want you to, to Understand that your true task as a cleaning business owner, when you're looking to hire employees for your residential cleaning, is to hire for character. You can train for skill later. So everything that I'm gonna to talk to you about and teach you today is going to be around that premise that you are hiring for character and that you're gonna train for skill. Preparatory step number two, it is super, super important that you get clear the core values are that you are hiring for. 
when I said character, I meant the core values that, that represent your business, you know, the fundamentals about your business. Now, I'm going to give you some examples, but the key is that, I, that you need to narrow them down to only four. You can't have, you know, 10 different core values because it's too many. And then what you're asking for is you're asking for everything. You're asking for the sun and the moon and the stars and everything in between. And the fact of the matter is, you know, we can't get that. So I'm going to give you some examples. Um, you know, is, is the unique selling proposition of your business, is it all about providing value to the customers? Is it about caring about the work product that your uh, technicians provide? Uh, are you focused on delivering the highest quality? Or is it more important that you <clears throat> customize the work that you develop, that you deliver on whatever the promised scope was? You know, those two are mutually exclusive. It's kind of, well, let me take that back. You can either, yeah, I'm kind of confusing the matter. You can either have consistency and reliability and have a standardized product, or you can offer customization. But generally, you can't offer both. So it will be important for you to think about and decide which of these core values are you hiring for. Uh, is safety and security one of the core values for your company? Or is, is doing the work and serving your clients with caring and compassion, is that more important? Is going that extra mile, you know, I've given you about eight different things here, but some of them are mutually exclusive, and I think that's where we get into a lot of trouble. So I want you, before you start with your hiring process, to really sit down and think about what are the four or, or fewer core character values that you're hiring for. And then I want you to use those to craft a really compelling and sexy help wanted ad. The help wanted ad is key. I'm not gonna go into a ton of detail about that here because I really wanna get into the actual hiring steps. But suffice it to say that your, your help wanted ad needs to, to not be pushing people away. It needs to be attracting people to you. So you really need to be focused on what is it that you have to offer? What makes you the most attractive employer on the scene? You know, what do you have to offer to a top applicant? So don't, don't, you know, be focused on what all things they need to be able to do for you. Focus more on what you can do for them, what benefits you offer. And by benefits, I don't necessarily mean medical and dental. I mean, you know, a flexible work schedule or a bonuses or paid time off or, you know, whatever those things are, that it's, a, that it's a family environment, that it's, you know, that we're focused on caring. Whatever those things are, it's really important that your ad be focused on, on, not only what you're looking for, but what you bring to the table, what you can offer. This podcast is brought to you by ZenMade. Now, if you need help with your automation, or if you're frustrated with the amount of time that scheduling is taking you currently, you need to visit ZenMade.com. We started over six years ago building simple software for cleaning businesses just like yours. If you take a look at the site, you can see all of the things that we're working on, all of the feedback that we get from our audience from this podcast 
podcast, from the Facebook group, from all the other places. So if you're interested, again, zenmade.com and take a look at what we've been working on. And then the final step here, as far as the preparatory steps, is to post your ad absolutely everywhere. I see people all the time talking about, well, where should I post? You know, where's the best place? There is no one secret best place. You've got to place your help wanted ad everywhere. So by that, I mean Craigslist. I mean Facebook. I mean on your Facebook page, as a Facebook job posting, in Facebook help wanted ads, in Facebook community groups. I want you to use local hiring resources, things like, you know, charities or job fairs. I want you to maybe get your cars wrapped, you know, with the phone number and saying, you know, maid service, always hiring. I I want you to start emailing everybody that you know. I want you to, to do outreach in the community newspapers in your area. You have to do a ton of outreach in order to really get the kind of success that you're looking for. So so don't say, oh, I did the Craigslist and that didn't work and there's no good people. You know, that that's, you're going to have to be really creative about getting the word out. Okay, so one more preparatory thing before I jump into the action steps. There are two strategies that I'm going to share with you today. Strategy number one involves you driving traffic to a online job application. Strategy number two involves you hosting a sort of a job fair. You can host it at your place of business or at the local library, or you can rent some executive space for a few hours a week, or you know, if you're a member of the Chamber of Commerce, maybe they have an office that you can use. But the, the two different strategies have some variations at the beginning of them. Once you get to the place where you invite the person to step two, these strategies become identical. So I'm going to describe to you both a strategy one and strategy two, and you may try them both. Sometimes the online job application works really well. Sometimes the in-person, what I call a cattle call, where you invite people to come in you know, during a two or three or four hour period and just fill out applications for you. So I'm going to give you those two different strategies and I'm going to show you all of the steps that you need to follow. There's basically six steps. They're super easy. So now is the point where I'm going to switch over to my presentation. Okay, so you remember I said for strategy number one, that you're going to put your help wanted ad out there and you're going to tell people to respond to a, uh, an online job application that you have. So now let's say that you've got, let's say you've got a hundred job applications and you know, you, you can't hire a hundred people. So you need to kind of sift through in some way and differentiate, you know, who, who are the people who, who, really have something to offer, really have something on the ball. Who are the people that I'm interested in talking to, you know? So sort of sift through those and and you can make your determination based on things like maybe they don't live in your service area. Maybe you need them to have a car and they don't do that. Maybe, you know, you need them to speak English and they don't. Maybe you need them to work certain hours and they can't, you know? So so the first step of this is to sort of weed out from that from that top level hundred applications that you get, you know, get it down to a sizable number of maybe 30 or or something like that. Okay. So that's step number. Okay. So that's the first thing you're going to do. So once you've narrowed it down to the say top 20, 30, 40 people that you want to talk to, 
The next step is for you to set up interviews and you're going to set up your interviews uh, a couple of ways. You can either text people and give them a time, a date, and a place for their uh, initial interview, or you can use a scheduling app. Okay, so I have a couple listed here that I'm going to share with you. A schedule once, when I work. I think when I work is free. There's also one called Calendly, and, and you can just, you know, you just put your availability in there and people schedule themselves for the interview so it doesn't take a lot of time and management on your part. So, so once you've got people in there, now we're getting to the good part. The good part is the initial interview. That's the part where we really start digging deep. And in the initial interview, this is where I want you to start. Basically, what you want to find out is, does this person have sort of the bare minimum requirements that I need to talk about you're coming to work for me, you know, or do they have a service mentality? Do they have a reasonable, you know, job history that, that makes you feel like they're going to be stable and are going to stay in the position? You want to verify what their background check is going to look like. Again, you want to sort of verify some of their uh, availability. You can ask about uh, previous experience, but that's not really going to be a requirement. You can talk about things like, you know, how much money are they looking to make? You know, do they have a certain budget, you know, a certain basic amount of money that they need to make in order to make ends meet? Do they have a certain amount of hours that they want to work? Do they have a certain days of the week that they can work or maybe certain hours of the day that they're available? So these are all of the kinds of things that you're going to cover in the initial interview just to sort of determine whether or not they're going to pass go and whether or not they're going to, you know, go forward to the next step. Now, the next step, if they meet some sort of some of those things, is that you also want to discuss with them what I call, where are you headed and how does this job fit in? And you can basically just ask them, you know, what's your goal in life uh, and, and how does this job advance that? How does this job help you get wherever it is you're headed? You know, maybe their long-term goal is to go back to school, but they need to work for two or three years to get the money together to pay the tuition. Or maybe the plan is, you know, they have kids now and they want to, you know, work until their kids get a little bit older, doing this part-time maybe in the mornings for you, and then they're going to start their own business or whatever it is. But having a clear understanding, and specifically if you talk to people who say things like, I just want to work, you know, I just, I really need a job and I'm willing to take, to, to do anything, you know. Some people might say that that's a good thing. I would, I would decline to move forward with somebody like that because what they've really said to me is they're desperate. They'll take my job, but they'll keep looking. And as soon as they find the real job that they want, then they're going to leave me. So, so make sure that you get clear on what people's motivations are when they're looking to come to work for you. The other part of this conversation is what I call full disclosure, and by that I mean the good, the bad, and the ugly. So I want you at this point to tell them the things about your job that may make it unattractive. You know, we might as well weed people out now who don't want to work mornings or who don't want to work weekends or who maybe are not okay with cleaning a toilet, you know, in someone else's home. People who need a flexible schedule, you know, maybe their child has 
asthma and they need to be able to call off at the last minute if their child has to come away from school. These are all the kind of things that you want to talk about in advance with people and give people the space and the freedom to sort of delete themselves. So tell people right up front, look, I am the easiest person in the world to work with, except when it comes to being honest and changing the schedule. I'm not flexible about those two things. So if that's something that you need, I just wanted to let you know right up front, maybe this wouldn't be a good fit. You know, I want to I give you a, a fair opportunity to know exactly what you're getting into before we get too far down the road. So don't be afraid or hesitant to disclose the things that have caused you to either terminate people, for you to fire people, or for them to quit in the past. You want to let people know all of that stuff right up front. So if they decide, oh yeah, maybe that would be a problem for me also, you want them to, to eliminate themselves or you're going to eliminate them early on in the process. So don't, don't feel that that's a bad thing. This podcast is brought to you by ZenMaid. If you need help with just about anything in your maid service, make sure to join the ZenMaid Mastermind on Facebook. We have a community that has over 4,000 maid service owners just like you who are struggling with things daily, who are sharing their wins daily, and uh, asking for help. So if there's absolutely anything that we can help you with, just go to the ZenMaid Mastermind on Facebook, request to join, just answer the three-question survey, and you'll be in within a couple of hours and you can make some friends in your area, all that stuff. While you're having this conversation, it's really important that you have an actual script of the things that you're going to cover. That way you make sure that you don't forget anything, you don't miss anything, you cover the exact same things with every applicant that you talk to, so there's no chance of missing anything. It's also important that you take notes uh, as you're talking to this person. It can, it can be electronic notes, it can be handwritten notes, but but you want, you'll, you'll need later to be able to revisit this applicant and to give them a score on a variety of particular characteristics and, and features that you're looking for. So have your script, take your notes, and then at the end of the conversation, you're going to have kind of an idea where this person ranks on your, on your scoring. Is this somebody that you want to go to the next step with, or is this somebody that you can tell already isn't really going to be a good fit. If you feel like their score is reasonable and you think you'd like to have them come in for a face-to-face -face interview, then now is the time where you are going to put the ball in their court and you're going to say to them, you know, Susie applicant, I've really enjoyed interviewing you. I have, a t let, let's say you don't want her, you know, her, her or him. Then you can say, I really enjoyed interviewing you. I've got a ton of other people that I've got to interview, but I have your information and you know, if we're going to call you in for an interview, you'll hear from us this week. That's really your way of saying, you know, don't call us, we'll call you. Uh, but that's a way for you to sort of get out of the conversation or for you to end the conversation, you know, in a graceful way without saying, you suck, <laughs> you know, get away from me. Uh, on the other hand, if it's an applicant that you do like, that you think has the potential to be a good candidate for your business, then what you want to say to them is, okay, Susie, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Here's what the next step looks like. The next step would entail a face-to-face -face interview. I would need you to come into the office. But before we do that, I want you to go away and I want you to think really carefully about all of the information that I've given you today. I've talked to you about what hours I have available, where the jobs are located, what my requirements are, some of the things that I'm not flexible about, 
you know, some of the things that have caused other people, you know, to not be successful. So I want you to think about all of those things. I want you to sleep on it. I want you to maybe talk to your spouse about it. And then if you feel like you would like to go forward with step two, I'd like you to text me at this number tomorrow between 8 and 12. If I don't hear from you between 8 and 12 tomorrow, then that's fine. No harm, no foul. I'll move on with some other applicants. But if you are interested in moving forward, then I'm going to leave the ball in your court. You send me that text. And by 12 noon tomorrow, I'll have access to my calendar and I'll be able to get you a slot of when you can come in and do the interviewing. Now, at this point, some people will say to you, oh, I don't need to sleep on it. I don't need to think about it. I don't need to talk to my wife about it. I'm sure I want to move forward. Let's go ahead and make the appointment now. Don't agree to that. The whole purpose of this is, yes, you want the ball to be in their court, but you also want to see, are they organized? Can they follow directions? Can they actually send the text tomorrow between 8 and 12? Because if they can't do that, I promise you they're not going to be able to work successfully within your company. So this is really an opportunity for people to shoot themselves in the foot. It's an opportunity for people to mess up and not do what you told them to do, in which case you automatically eliminate them. If they call at one o'clock, if they call two days from now, you know, any of those things, they didn't follow directions, they're disorganized, their life is a mess, just move on, okay? So this is really a way to eliminate people. So again, I want you to be very specific. We're, we're, we're looking to see, do they listen? Do they pay attention? Give them the phone number, give them the time, repeat it. Maybe you even want to text it to them. And then the ball is in their court. So whether they call you or they don't call you, either way, it's a win-win for you. If they don't text or call whatever instruction you gave them within the time frame, then that means that they're not reliable and you dodged a bullet. So that was a good thing. If they do call or text on time, then that also means something. That means that they're a good applicant, potentially, and you can move forward. So it's a win-win. I don't want you to be discouraged thinking, I had 100 applications. I narrowed it down to 30. I talked to 25 people. I invited 15 of them to call me back, and, I, and only 10 of them did. Because if, they, if the people who didn't call you back, those are people who weren't really crazy about your job. They aren't like on fire and stoked and super excited and that's fine, but we don't want them coming to work for us. If they couldn't even do that small and simple a thing to move forward in the process of coming to work in your company, trust me, <laughs> you know, it, it's not going to work out. So it's better to know that upfront early on before you go through all the trouble of doing new hire paperwork and orientation and, and, you know, assigning uniforms and all of that. Okay. So if they text during the time frame that you gave them, go ahead and set up the in-person interview. And now I'm going to tell you what the in-person interview is about. It's sitting down face to face. Now we're going to do some real probing in the interview. And again, you're going to score them. So now the probing uh, and I think I've got another slide. Uh, yeah, so you'll tell them the interview. You'll give them the exact time, the exact address. Maybe you want to text them or email them this information so they can't lose it. They can't be, there can't be any misunderstanding about when it is, what day, what time. So if they can't show up for that interview on time at the right location, then they've 
they've demonstrated something critical to you already, which is that they're not organized enough. Their life is not, you know, stable enough for them to come and work for you. So don't make exceptions for people. Don't allow people to reschedule if they need to cancel or they don't show up and then they call back later. All of these are deal breakers. So my point is that you want people to, to mess up. You want people to shoot themselves in the foot because if they're not suitable, they're not suitable. And we want to find that out as soon as possible. So what we're really doing here is we're putting hurdles in front of people so that we can see who is a good, strong jumper and who is kind of a weak you know, uh, applicant who really doesn't have what it takes to go the distance. The probing part of the interview is where you're really getting into their attitude. You want to do some, some what I call behavioral interviewing at this point where you're going to probe them about some of their um, history with regard to customer service, to critical skill, uh, critical thinking skills, the ability to prioritize, the ability to make good decisions, um, to handle conflict. This is where you give people some, some of those questions like where you say, tell me about a time when you were in a situation and the customer wasn't pleased and it was really, you know, your fault and you needed to turn the situation around. How did you handle that? These are the kind of questions that you want to ask at this point. You want to say, tell me about a time when you had a supervisor that was unfair or unrealistic. What were the circumstances? How did you handle it? What, what was the outcome? What was the end result? How did that work out for you? And if you want to be really strong, you can even go further and say, and what did you learn from that experience? What would you do differently next time? So the, the, the in-person interview is, is a chance for you to really get, get some behavioral interviewing in and get more information about the way this person's mind works, uh, how they demonstrate their character in their daily execution of their duties. And once again, you're going to score people because later we're going to rank our applicants who's number one, who's number two, who's number three. So that way, if you only have two openings and you've got three good people, it's a simple matter to choose the two who have the highest scores. Or another thing that you might want to do is you may want to set a minimum threshold. So let's say you know, you decide that I'm only going to hire people who score 90 or higher. And so if you've got four people and you've got two in the 90s, you know, maybe you've only got one in the 90s and two in the high 80s, then your decision is done. It's clear for you. You don't, it takes away the emotion. It takes away whether or not I liked this person. It takes away a lot of the subjectivity and it allows you to be objective. It allows you to have a repeatable predictable system that you can delegate, that you can structure, that doesn't require you to participate in every step of it. And that's really what you want in terms of growing and scaling your business to build it to something that, that's truly enjoyable, where you're not just you know stuck interviewing every day of the week. This podcast was brought to you by ZenMade. If you need help with your management, check out the five tools that helped the ZenMade team, which includes five maid service owners, to succeed in their businesses. That free download is available at zenmade.com slash podcast, as well as plenty of other resources for you and your maid service. So now once again, you're going to introduce another opt-out. Uh, at the end of the interview, if you didn't you know, if you're not impressed, you don't, you know, you don't want them on your team. You just thank them for their time and you let them know, you know, if we're going to make you an offer, we'll be in touch with you in the next five days.
and they're gone. If you do, if you like what they have to offer, and I want to be careful here, if I, I was going to say if you like them, what I mean is if you like their application. This is not about whether or not we like them as a person. If we like their application and what they bring to the application process, then you're going to introduce another one of those opt-outs where you're going to say, I really like your application. Uh, this was a good interview. I, I have some more people that I'm going to be interviewing later on today and tomorrow. Uh, and we're going to be scoring and making some decisions on our end. But I'd like you to also go home and think about what we talked about today, you know, review over it, sleep on it. And if you think you'd like to join our team, call me tomorrow morning between 8 and 10. Or, you know, text me at this number tomorrow between. Keep, keep that consistent. Whatever it is that you choose, make it the same every time. I always make it the very next day. And I always make it between 8 and 12. And I, we, we say text, but that's just our, whatever thing you're going to do, pick a thing and stick with that, whether you want them to text or call, always make it the very next day and give them a big window. Don't give them a specific time because that's a little too limiting. Give them a window and a big window, like between eight and 12. That's plenty of time. If they can't get it done in that amount of time, then they don't really want to do it. And that tells you something right there. Okay. And then the final cut is now where you go back and add up all of the scores of the people that you interviewed, and you basically are gonna decide, you know, you're going to rank people based on their scores. Again, the, the purpose is to create a, a repeatable, predictable process that, that you can structure, you can teach to other people, they can take pieces of it or all of it, or you can break pieces out. Some people are better with the phone screening. Other people are better with the face-to-face -face interview. You know, however you want to do it, but it's a process that you can delegate. Now, you remember I said there were two strategies. The strategy that I just shared with you was the online job application strategy, strategy number one. Now I'm going to share with you the in-person application process, which is strategy number two. This is the one where you use what I call a cattle call. So again, you, you did all of your preparatory things, you got clear on your values, you had a sexy ad, you did your outreach, your ad was all over the place. But instead, on your ad, what you did was you said to people, if you're interested in applying for this position, send an email to this address. You set up a separate email address, you know, just a Gmail, and, and, and you only use this email for this one thing. That's the only thing you ever use it for. And instead of having them fill out an online application, what you do with that email address is you set up a vacation message. So everybody who emails that address automatically gets this reply. And the reply says, we're interviewing next Tuesday and Thursday, you know, August 6th and August 8th from 8 until 12, instead of sending them to the online application, you're gonna have them respond to the email address. That email address is gonna be set up to, to automatically respond to everybody who, who, anybody who comes into the inbox with the time and the date of your next upcoming application days. So let's say you rented some space in, in an executive office Tuesday of next week and you committed to being there from 9 to 12 to take interviews. So you just put that right in the outgoing message, in the vacation message that you've set up. You give them the date, the time, the address, and, and then you just show up 
on that day and time at that place. Now, in a worst case scenario, maybe not many people, maybe nobody's going to show up. This generally doesn't happen. But make sure that the time and the location that you chose is something that's convenient for you. So, you know, take your laptop with you, take your book so that you can commit to spending that three hour window there being ready and available. You're going to already have a bunch of paper applications ready, you know, for, for the applicants that come in. You've told them when to be there, where to be there. Uh, anybody who responds to your email gets the, the same invitation. And then what happens is on that day, You'll have a sign-in sheet and you'll have some applications. Everybody who comes in begins filling out an application. And you remember before when you sifted through people's applications online? When you're in person, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to look through their application. Some people are automatically going to be disqualified based on things that they've filled out or based on what you see. You know, maybe they look like they're loaded Maybe they, uh, you know, they're inappropriately dressed. Maybe they've got a bunch of facial tattoos and, and you just don't feel like that's going to work with your business. You know, it, it is appropriate for you to make some decisions about the people that are there in front of you. You know, if they're, you know, uh, have poor personal hygiene or, you know, no, can't talk or, you know, whatever the things are, you're going to use your ability to screen people along with looking at their actual application, and you're gonna decide some people I'm not even gonna interview. Those people that you're not gonna interview, you just say to them, okay, thank you very much for your application. We appreciate you coming in. We'll be making some calls next week. So, you know, uh, at this point, I'm not sure if we'll be calling you, but, but if, if you're gonna hear from us, it'll be in the next week. And that way you just sort of dismiss them and excuse them, shake their hand and, and they're gone. If Based on what you're looking at and what you're looking at on the application, you think, yes, this looks like it might be a fit. From there, you go directly into the initial interview, which was this part. You remember where we, where we find out what they want, where they're headed, and how this job fits in. Yeah, so this now is, this is the place where you, you remember when you were doing the online job application, you had people schedule themselves on your calendar, and then you have a little you know, 15 or 30 minute phone interview with them. Now you're going to do that same interview in person. It's the exact same interview. You're going to have the exact same questions. I already went over those in the beginning one for you. So I'm not going to do that again. And then you're going to go through the full disclosure again, where you're going to tell them the good, the bad and the ugly. And from here forward, everything else in the process is exactly the same. It's just that these two process, these two strategies started out differently. One was a, was an online job application. The other one was a was a cattle call. It was come in and meet me at this place on this day and this time, and fill out an application, and I'll I'll interview you or not right then and there. So that's it, guys. It's super simple. So I'm going to give you the action steps again. The action steps are one: pre-screen your applicants. Step number two, conduct initial interviews and score them. And whether you do that in your office with an online application in your hand or whether you do that at the cattle call in front of the person is totally up to you. But in both strategies, you're going to pre-screen people and then you're going to conduct an initial interview and you're going to give them a score. Then you're going to invite them to the follow-up. That's step number three. And that's hurdle 
where you're hurdle number one, you're hoping that some people don't pass that because if they're unreliable or they didn't really like the job, they're not that excited about it, they're not excited enough to follow directions, you want to eliminate them now. So that's a good thing. So that's step number three. Step number four is the in-person interview. And again, you're going to score them. Step number five is once again, an invite to follow up. And then step number six is where you rank your applicants, you compare their scores, and you decide which ones you're gonna make offers, and you make the offer. Super simple, you're done. Those were the steps. Pre-screen your applicants, conduct an initial interview, invite to a follow-up, in-person interview, invite to a follow-up, rank and make offers. You're done. Now, the next step is you're still gonna need to, ha to have a process, a solid system for onboarding your client, your, your hires, for managing them. But what I found in the 26 years that I've been in this industry is that hiring is where most of the mistakes are made. Most cleaning business owners are making a poor hiring decision. So if you can solve this part of the problem, then this is like 85% of the problem, guys. So I, so I, want you to, I want you to feel empowered. I want you to feel encouraged. I'm here to answer questions. I have a little kit, a kit that you can buy that shows you how to do any or all of these pieces. But let's answer some questions and let's get you started on the road to having successful hires. There is an adage that's actually used quite a bit in accounting where they're talking about data and they say, you know, garbage in, garbage out. And it's the same is true with hiring. Garbage in, garbage out. If you don't have a good hiring process, a good screening and recruiting and, and hiring process, you're not going to be able to build a good team. You're just not. And, and you're going to be consistently having problems because of that. So one of the things that I always say to people is that you can choose to do the work on the front end or on the back end, but there's no quick fix to hiring quality employees. Some people, they wait until the last minute, they hire from a place of desperation, they don't do a lot of vetting, they hire a warm body, and then they spend a lot of time on the back end with complaints, you know, disciplinary actions, you know, firing people, retraining people, blah, blah, blah. Or you can spend the time up front, hire the correct way, and then you're going to save yourself some time on the back end. Both of them are actually going to cost you the same amount of time. It's just a matter of, are you going to spend the time up front or are you going to spend the time at the end? If you, if you, if you think that this is too difficult, then what that tells me is that, you, that you're not really willing to spend the time up front. And you're going to doom yourself to always having to, to, to spend the time on the back end, you know, with people who don't show up to work, who don't consistently do a good job, who don't share your values, who don't stay as long as you want, you know, all of those failures. That's the reason for those failures. Okay, so that is it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed the talk and I am here for questions and I will see you again very soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Zen Made podcast. And we hope you learned a thing or two that you can implement in your business today. If you're looking for the number one scheduling software for maid services, make sure to go to zenmade.com and check out our 14-day free trial. If you want to hear more of these talks, you can catch them all at maidsummit.com. Have a great day.